Our gospel for today comes from Luke, the 15th chapter. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then he, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe and the best one and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. And he replied, your brother has come, your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to begin today by taking a page from Pastor Katie's book and ask you to think about a question and talk about it with someone if you can. And that question is, if you could go back in time and either fix a mistake you made or change something you did in your past, would you? Why or why not? And I'll leave it up to you if you want to share what that mistake is with somebody, but just think about that question for a minute. Out of curiosity, I wonder how many people would say they would go back in time 
and how many people would say they wouldn't? I've actually been asked this question a few times by different people. And the thought also usually crosses my mind around Christmas time when I watch It's a Wonderful Life. And for me, the answer has changed over time. I've made mistakes and have regrets, and I'm sure many of you have as well. There have been times when I said or did something that I felt awful about afterwards, have beat myself up about for days or weeks, yes, sometimes even years. And while there have been many times in my life where I wished I could go back and fix a mistake or change a choice that I made, or two, or ten, at this moment in my life, I don't think I would go back in time and fix or change anything, because my mistakes and my choices have led to who I am today. They've made me the person I am today. They have taught me important life lessons and brought me to this place and time. They are part of my journey of life and faith. Our gospel story for today, I'm going to say that again, Danielle. Our gospel story for today presents us with two sons who choose very different life journeys. First, we hear the story of the younger son. He goes to his father and asks for his share of the inheritance. Now, today, this request may not strike you as extremely odd or disrespectful, though maybe a little bit. But in that day and culture, this action was the son's way of breaking family ties and treating his father as though he were already dead. The son is basically saying, Dad, you're worth more to me dead than alive. And more accurate translation from the Greek of the father's response is, so he divided his life between them, not just his property, his life. This act of the son asking for this and giving the son what he requested broke his father's heart. That he would do anything for his son. So he gave his son what he asked for. Now, I personally question whether or not this was good parenting, but nevertheless, he decides to give in to his son's demand and let him learn for himself. And boy, does he get a valuable life lesson from this, as we find out. The son goes off to a Gentile land, away from his family, his faith traditions, everything of his old life, and starts completely over, spending his entire inheritance in dissolute living, whatever that means. Though we don't really know exactly what he meant because the text never says, sometimes, and sometimes I think Jesus does this on purpose because it leaves things intentionally vague so that we can fill in the blanks for ourselves because that could mean something different for different people. Anyway, next comes a very important part of the story that is often ignored or overlooked by people, particularly in this country. It says there was a famine. In the history of the United States, we've never really experienced a widespread famine like other countries have, or like they talk about in scripture. Now, don't misunderstand me. There are millions of people who deal with food insecurity across our country. In fact, in 2020, 10.5 of households struggled with food insecurity, and 3.9% of those 
give you a little image, that's actually about 5.1 million households had very low food security. So we definitely have struggles with regards to fair distribution of food and people are definitely struggling with hunger and poverty in our country. So don't get me wrong when I say we haven't experienced famine. But we can't really grasp the effects of a famine that wipes out everything, that leaves everyone destitute and in need. It's the great equalizer to any society who has experienced one. So while the younger son did squander his money, it certainly wasn't his fault that there was a famine and that he was starving and struggling like thousands of others and that the only job he could find was feeding the pigs. By the way, even working with pigs was a big no-no for Jews. I wonder if those listening to this parable that could relate maybe to the younger son, those who had perhaps broken or difficult relationships with family members, would want to go back in time and change something or do something differently. I wonder if this younger son regretted what he had done and said to his father. If he had stayed with his father or his father had made him stay, his life may have turned out differently. But as a parent myself, I've already learned that sometimes you need to let your kids make their own mistakes before they'll really learn and understand. It wasn't until the younger son hit rock bottom, so to speak, that he came to himself, came to his senses, listened to what his conscience and logic was trying to tell him. I've often described the work of the Holy Spirit to be like Jiminy Cricket, the voice inside of us that helps to guide us and lead us in one direction or another, that conscience that we have. Now, whether we have the sense to listen to that voice is another thing, but that voice is always there speaking to us, trying to help us guide us on our journey of faith and life. In the case of this story, the younger brother realizes his mistakes, listens to the voice, humbles himself, and decides to return home, which I'm sure was a difficult thing, even though it was the right decision for him to make so he wouldn't starve to death. And he, when he comes home, I'm going to say that again, Danielle, and when he returns home, he finds that his father still loves him. He thought for sure his father would be full of anger, would want to treat him like a, a stranger. He felt as though he deserved to be punished. He wanted his father to treat him like a slave. But instead, it says, while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. This is God's reaction to us whenever we turn to God seeking forgiveness, seeking approval, seeking a home and a family. It doesn't make sense. It's certainly not fair, but that's what grace is. Whenever we turn to God, we are welcomed with open arms, regardless of the mistakes we've made. Now, Jesus could have ended the parable here, but he goes on to talk about the older son, 
and his re reaction and relationship with his brother. I'm sure many of us can relate to the older son and his reaction. According to him, he's done everything right. He's worked hard. He's followed all of the rules. He's been responsible with his money and respectful to his father. Today, he'd be the one who got straight A's in school, graduated from college, got a good job. And so his reaction of anger, frustration, and jealousy isn't hard for us to imagine. He took what many would consider to be the right path. Where's his recognition? Why isn't he getting the party and the celebration? Is he maybe thinking, well, now I wish I could go back and take more risks, live a wild and crazy life like my brother, and then I could still come back and get a party. But if we stop to think about it, his older brother has also lived a very secure and happy life, a life of privilege. He has never known hunger. He has never experienced homelessness. He has never experienced loneliness. And I think this is what the father is trying to remind him of at the end of the parable. When he says, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. So what is the point or takeaway in all of this? Do whatever you want because in the end it doesn't matter. Somehow I don't think that's what Jesus meant. Since this is sort of two parables in one, I think the meaning of the parable is also twofold. First, I think this parable is a reminder that no matter how badly we mess up, our heavenly parent will always welcome us back with open arms. Even if we have trouble forgiving ourselves or others, God can and will always forgive us and others who have wronged us, even when we can't forgive them. And second, in both our life of faith and our life journey, the journey is just as important as the destination. Everyone allows different, follows different paths. I'm gonna say that again, Danielle. Everyone follows different paths and makes different choices that change the trajectory of our life. And sometimes people are dealt an unfair hand, so to speak. They are born without privilege, born in poverty, are treated unjustly, and that wasn't something they chose. Kind of like the effects of a famine on the younger brother and the entire community he lived in. But in the end, the goal for us as Christians is to do the best we can with what we have, with the time we have, and let the Holy Spirit be our conscience and our guide. Listen to the Holy Spirit within you, always remembering that God is walking with you side by side, all the way to death and beyond. Amen.